today on the show, saying no. No, dude. No, not ever. Dating is a fraught human interaction. Let's talk about all the ways we suck at the dismount. It wasn't like either of us had a lot invested, but it was too much invested to just drop the ball, which I think has become like more socially acceptable recently, but has always made me uncomfortable. Plus, the best trick for breakups ever. Set up the situation in such a way that there's only one answer, and the answer is to break up, but you make the other person say the answer. Calm the fuck down. Fucking sit down, shut up, chill. Like, don't get so hype. Stay with us. My heart is beating. There's a lot about love and relationships that's about saying yes. Say yes to the party. Say yes to the date. Say yes to matching nightstands at Ikea. But what about saying no? For all the yeses that come with dating, aren't there always more no's? Today on the show, how saying no gives us power, helps us learn what's really going on, and brings out the worst side of online dating. First up, my friend Brett. We used to work together. At the time, he kept a spreadsheet of all of his dates, and his average was not, not so great. Now he's cut his hair. I see him on the subway platform and our ways to different jobs. The last two times, he was actually picking up girls, you can't make this up, while they waited for the train. One time, he was asking her about her cello. Another time, he was asking to share her umbrella and slowly inching his head onto her shoulder. He is a hippie coder. He was recently inspired by a Wired article about this guy, Chris McKinley. He's an LA mathematician who recently wrote code for OkCupid to help him find love. Brett got his book, Optimal Cupid, and has applied what he learned. <laughs> and he has, there's two pieces of advice. There's like what questions you should answer so you can maximize your percentage compatibility with the people you're interested in. To be very careful about what questions you answer, which most people aren't. So I've done that somewhat, but this other part, which I did the other night at 1 a.m., um, which wasn't the best idea because I had worked all day. And like, anyway, so this script uh, visits profiles in an automated way, and I visited. Um, how many profiles? How many profiles does it visit? Well, uh, well it, it visits batches of a thousand um, each, and there's been uh 4253 that i visited so far but and the but the point is to get your get myself in the visitor logs of the people that i'm matched highly with and then they'll hopefully view me and then maybe send me a message and so it's like it's a technical solution to this non-technical like problem like i don't have i can automate visiting profiles but i can't automate writing messages and so this will like get me into their log, the visitor logs, and maybe they'll write me a message, and then I can maybe write them back or not, um, depending. And then the other thing that's cool is if you get messages and you don't write back, you can get a red bar and be more desirable, which I have a red bar now. I've never had a red bar before. I used to always have green. Congratulations. <laughs> 
The red bar means reply selectively. So wait, that means the girls are replying to you that you're not interested in, right? Yeah, girls are... Yeah, I'm actually getting some messages and I'm not interested. Um, I'm not going to write back, which is... I mean, before I thought, oh, it's so impolite. I should really write back everybody, but I want that red bar as cruel as it is. <laughs> My friend Brett and I spoke a few months ago. One of the most interesting parts of his experience to me is how he needed tools to help him appear more selective, and that by simply giving off the appearance of selectivity, he became more desirable in a space like OkCupid. In the case of my friend Katie Way, her selectivity opened her up to violent, threatening, and harassing messages on OkCupid. That experience is so common for women on the site, it's ridiculous and embarrassing, and we should all leave it. Sorry, just how I'm feeling today. Maybe not. I don't know. It's cool. I spoke with her a while back, and listening months later, this story carries an eerie resonance. Think of the killings in Santa Barbara. How is talking to women like this okay? All right, here's our conversation. So joining me now is Katie Way in Houston, Texas. You can follow her on YouTube at YouTube slash The Katie Way. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I have my mouth full of wine. <laughs> it's uh, wine o'clock there in Houston right now. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> a few years ago, she decided to start online dating. I decided to try online dating, and I signed up for either either Match.com or eHarmony. I don't remember which one, but I went through the whole process. I did an entire, like, a long, detailed profile and right when I finished it, it was like, nope. It literally told me I wasn't matchable. Um, what? Which was really, really funny to me. <laughs> but apparently it was because I'm not religious. So I just asked my friends, like, what's a, you know, what's a, a like an online dating site that I can use and still be a godless heathen? And <laughs> they were like, yeah, go here. So Katie signed up for OkCupid. Within, like, Two months of using OkCupid for the first time, I, I met somebody and we like moved in together and it was like, it was a very serious relationship and I'm still close with that person. But um, every person I've ever met on OkCupid that I actually met, I'm still friends with or close with. Um, and all of my last relationships were people I met on OkCupid. What's the feel of your profile or what's like the general message of it? It got pretty irreverent. Um, my my last serious relationship, um, it was kind of, we met on OkCupid, and it was very serious. And um, the only thing is that we kind of had an open thing. Like, um, what is Dan, Dan Savage calls it monogamish, I think, um, where I was actively encouraged um, to seek other people. When I got, like, the, these crazy messages... It was pretty much because what I was looking for was not serious, you know, only fun. Um, and there's so many, so many dudes who use that looking for something similar, you know, and they just can't believe that there's a girl on there who doesn't want a serious relationship. So that's when I started to get crazy stuff. Um, but my profile was pretty brief. I just had, like, some of the shit I liked. It's really just, like, fuck it. <laughs> if you like this, then whatever. 
Hmm. You sent me some screenshots from past messages, and I'd been wondering why you were getting such different energy than I was getting with my profile. And <laughs> and I talked it up to more lipstick, red hair. <laughs> like I just assumed that like maybe you had this like hotter energy to you. But do you think it's really no. specifically because you were just looking for a friends with benefits thing? Yeah, I, that was absolutely part of it. But what really did me in was the fact that um, I mentioned, although briefly. Um, I think I said something about having a FetLife profile, which is um, kind of like a social networking site for people who are in the fetish community, so like kinky people. <laughs> um, and the fact that I said that started to get the craziest, like, that, you know, they don't, they have no idea what I'm about, but they think that because I do say, like, I'm a kinky person or whatever, I cannot believe the walls that came down with total strangers who just assumed all this shit about me. So I know, I know exactly that was it. Cause there was like, before that, it was not crazy like this. Hmm. I once had a joke with my friends that there's, um, there's a section on OkCupid okay that's like things I'm good at. And I had this joke that I was going to have the most ordinary things in that list. And then I would just, you know, I'd be like, I'm good at making salads. I'm good at walking my dog. I'm good at audio editing. And then it would be like, and blowjobs <laughs> to see what yeah. would happen. Oh, God. see, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But that, like, that kind it's of thing is so it. lost on them. I know. It's not worth it. No one's going to get my joke. No, it's so disappointing. And I'm a comedian and I do a lot. I, I have like really filthy jokes. Because I'm a filthy person, <laughs> but um, <laughs> even though they're jokes, like how seriously these like strange dudes take them into being like, oh, that's hot. It's just so lost. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you decide to start having the robot read your messages to you? I got laid off this summer, like from a really, really great job. And it was so cushy and I, I was so spoiled and I had nothing to do. So... It was a lot of me um, sitting around my apartment with my dog, like, day drinking and just thinking of funny shit. I do comedy, and I had all this time, so I was like, well, I might as well focus it on, you know, writing and doing jokes and doing stand-up and stuff like that. So I was just sitting around all the time thinking of jokes. Like, that was all I ever did for, like, two months. And I was I got into Vine and I started making little videos, but I, I had always kind of done YouTube videos. I, I I forget what, I think I like thought it'd be funny if I called my friend and used a robot voice or, or like Siri or something to talk to her, but have it like have it read this crazy message I got on OkCupid okay that day. New message from X. Thank you, girl X. I live at 311 Paranata Lane, apartment 207. Houston, Texas, 770 beep beep. I am home. You can come over so we can talk. Get to know each other well. Have fun and be friend. Got 420 on deck always. What time you will be here tonight? Text me at 398 to 2452 as soon as you get here. Look me up on xhamster.com with the same username to see what kind of freaky shit I'm into. I'll be here rock hard waiting for you. And so I did that to my friend and she freaked out and we were just like laughing. And, and I, after, after I talked to her, I sat at home for the rest of the day and I just made the robot read me fucked up stuff. New message from math magician 86. 
I want you to sit on my face and piss. New message from Mr. Maddie 72. You look like you're into strap on play and pegging. Let me know if you ever need a willing ass and cock to abuse and torture mistress. New message from nuts on your chin too. In that picture with the markers, it would look better if you put all of them in your ass. New message from always interested nine nine. I'm in Houston until Saturday. You are stunning. Sweetheart, we should meet and fuck. I'd love to fuck in a public place. So what do you say? Are you interested, babe? New message from Pandy Lover. Hey, slut. You need to be my little cum slut. I'll treat you right. Message me back. You bitch. New message from bitchboy40. Hi. I'm writing to ask if you are also looking for a male slave. Her pet. I will do anything for you, mistress. You look like a cruel goddess. Have you ever humiliated men who have small cocks? One of those videos she made went viral. It was posted on the gaming website, Kotaku. He, I guess, sent me a message and it was very normal and bland. Just like, hi, like you like video games or something. And One, from Puckmaster. I don't usually just message people out of the blue on here. So I really don't know how to introduce myself. I'm a huge gamer geek from Houston and I figured gamers gotta stick together. Lol. Anyway, this is me saying hi. Hi. I just never saw, I never saw any of them, any of them. And so he just kind of slowly starts to send me, like, follow up and send me other messages, assuming that I have deliberately read his, you know, messages and ignored them. But he took it super personally um, and just kind of derailed. I think it was maybe three messages. And the last one was like, so, like, he got so pissed. In the video, she's sitting on a couch, mugging the camera while the audio plays, as if she just got home and was having Siri read her OK Cupid messages for the first time. Her long red hair is giant, messy, perfect, bright red lipstick, expressive lips. She makes faces and eye rolls, eventually collapsing onto the couch cushions dramatically. New message from Puckmaster. I noticed you changed your picture. Very nice. Love the hair. Really wish you had replied to my first message, but maybe you're just busy. Haha, <laughs> what are you too good to write me back? Lol, just playing. So do you play any card games too? New message. From Puckmaster. Look, I was trying to be nice here, but you just changed your profile picture again. Which means you are routinely logging in and deliberately not responding to my messages. I didn't do anything wrong to you and you're still a stuck-up bitch. No wonder you are 28 and still single. Probably because you post hot pictures online and it makes you so full of yourself, but in real life you don't look that good but still expect constant praise and attention thinking you're so hot. But no one puts you on a pedestal because you're actually fat and crazy. I can tell in some of these pictures you are fat and hiding it with angles. Not curvy but fat. You can't hide fat with tons of makeup. You lame brat. Don't even bother messaging me back now. Oh, and by the way, being nostalgic for old school Nintendo does not make you a gamer. Also, you have fucked up teeth. What tickled me endlessly about that was that the only thing I mentioned on my profile about video games was literally a bullet point under, like, what things I'm good at, I think. And it was like, you know, working with dogs. I'm reading video games. So literally the only thing in my profile that it said was a one single bullet point to type video games. Um, 
And I did not elaborate. I, I purposefully never elaborate about that because it's something that I don't, I feel like if people really knew on a wide scale how dorky I am about video games, that my whole cool, tough internet persona is going to be destroyed. Um, but I played World of Warcraft for years, from the second that it came out, and just years and years and years after that, and lots of other um, MMOs that are super nerdy. So all my friends who played those video games with me, they they saw this video, and they just loved it, because they were like, this fucking guy has no idea, has no idea how much I know about video games and stuff like that. So I just thought it was really funny that he assumed that. My roommates and I were talking about how there's this phenomenon of the the nerd guy giving the nerd girl the nerd quiz, which is oh, <laughs> like, yeah. if you say that you like video games or comic books, then the quiz begins. And Oh, God, comic books are even, oh, it's awful. <laughs> so, so could you tell me a bit about, like, what, what is the nerd quiz and how does it usually go down? Um, and do, well, how do you it, handle it, it when a guy starts to do that to you? Well, that's part of why I don't advertise it openly um but i mean I, I was jo- kind of joking about saying like well i have a cool reputation online i don't want to fuck it up but really if i say anything about video games they are going to immediately ask why and what they like to do also i've noticed is that um just because i played like an mmo like world of warcraft or whatever they're like well what about all the first person shooters that's not a girl thing so they go straight there um and i played Counter-Strike for for years, too, which was a first-person shooter that was also kind of like an MMO. So they just, they immediately start name-dropping stuff, and they don't even stop for you to kind of, it's almost like they want to put you in in their place, but like, I don't know, they just, they get super excited, but they sabotage it in the same sentence, because they just don't believe that you actually know what the fuck you're talking about, because you're a girl. Hmm. Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> I, I know. My roommate's advice was just, she just doesn't play. She just like, she'll just shrug and be like, well, okay. Maybe I, not. I hate when I have friends, even if like, if they're my close friends, I don't mind it. But if I go to like a party or something, especially in college, and they were like, oh, we're going to play Halo or something. I would want to play so bad. And when I did, like they would all gang up on me. You know, they would like. They they would just like cheat and play dirty and and camp where I was where I did it's like killed me every time I rezzed and um I it made it so not fun so not fun I hate bringing up video games in front of guys. What is your tip for the nerdy guy who wants a hot nerdy girlfriend like you? How should he be talking to you differently? How should he be behaving online differently? What is the key to your heart here? One, I think this is the general rule that works with a lot of human beings and and just across the board, um, which is, number one, calm the fuck down. Like, fucking sit down, shut up, chill. Like, don't get so hype. Even if it's, like, super positive and you're not challenging her in any way, like, let's take it down a notch (laughs) because it is a stranger. And I think... Being overeager is just, it's uncomfortable. A lot of aggression comes from that as well, too. It's its almost the adrenaline, just they're just barreling down the hill. And that's probably how they take things a little too personally. So they need to chill the fuck out first. I love that. That's, that's a such good, good advice. Good rule to start with. 
like, I, it sounds so fucked up, but this is exactly what online dating is, so I don't care. Like, look okay. Be a little bit hot, be cute, be different looking, whatever, have a good style. Be somewhat attractive because this is just like people flipping through fucking SVU photos in the lineup. And you're just going to go through until you see somebody who catches your eye. So if somebody looks kind of attractive, I would look at them more than once. And also the username, like before I even see the message, if it's a stupid Brian69, like, no, dude, no, not ever. Even if it's somebody seriously hot, I have rejected so many people just because they have a shitty name. My ex had like a, <laughs> I don't want to be too specific, but he had um, a username that was from a show that I really liked on TV that was really funny. And it caught me immediately. Um, and he was super hot. So I saw that. And his message was really short and simple. I think he was just like, you are by far the most interesting person I've seen here. And that was it. He didn't ask me. He didn't like put pressure on me or anything. You know, he just said something and had all the other check marks gone. My cousin is a really nice guy, and he was on the show talking about this, and he just says, if it seems like a nice guy has put a lot of thought into his message, you should respond, even if it's just to say, hey, thanks for this note. Don't think we're a match, but good luck. That was what do you a think comment that? that was on, oh, I saw that on so many comments on my video, um, like on the articles that, was, that it was posted in, but I saw that a lot. That was like the most common comment that I saw that was somewhat negative, like saying that I was fucked up for ignoring them in the first place and that it's just decent to respond and politely say no. Almost any time you do that, if you politely say no, they're going to get nasty anyway, or they're going to demand an explanation of you or, you know, like it doesn't turn into a polite no. They drag it out and turn it into something else. Um, I think I, I think I sent you a screenshot of one guy who had sent me, I think it was like seven messages in a row. Ugh. And um, I, <laughs> he was like carrying on a conversation as if I was replying, but I wasn't. And the only reason I even actually said anything was because I was sitting there and my phone was buzzing every single time. It was like he was talking on Messenger or something. It was on iChat where he would just say one thing and then enter and send it and then send another thing seven times in a row. And I was like, who is blowing up my phone? So I looked. I said seven messages in a row? Dude, no. Like, stop. And he got real sassy with me and said something like, don't flatter yourself. Bored and milk. It was clearly a typo, but it was beautiful to me. But he said, you know, bored and consumes me. Like, don't flatter yourself. And he was asking me the message right before that to meet him. When you respond at all, and it's kind of like, if it's anything, even if it's a polite no, they're going to be shitty about it most of the time. Yeah. You don't owe anybody anything. It's the fucking internet. (laughs) You don't know them. There's no social contact here, especially women on the internet don't owe you anything. After Katie's video went viral via this gaming website, she received an onslaught of death threats. You owe it to yourself to follow her on Twitter. She's at so like basically. At so like basically. You can see her videos at youtube.com slash the Katie way. Hey, sexy. I see that you're on the group Houston Come Sluts and that you live in Houston. I am, too. I just want to tell you that I think you're hot and I'm looking to be kidnapped. Forced to give free oral and to be your cum dumpster anytime you want. The thing is that 
I'm deathly afraid of sexy women and want someone to use my fear against me. If you're willing to kidnap and use me for oral, I'll give oral to you. Front. Back. Both. It doesn't matter. As long as you don't beat my ass and I'll never try to leave or refuse for fear of you beating my ass. I've always been deathly afraid of sexy petite. Slim. Slender. Slim slash average. Athletic with muscular definition and muscular girls. And with you fitting one of the body type and sexy. I'm already deathly afraid of you. Let's make arrangements for the kidnapping. I'm also afraid of girls with tattoos. The whole goth and biker chick thing scares me. So, you have the potential of scaring the hell out of me and using me for oral for the fact that I'm afraid of getting my ass beaten. Which, I want you to use that against me. Thanks. Also, if you have any sexy friends, please have them use me. The same way. The more sexy people I'm alone with, the more I'm deathly afraid of getting my ass beaten and will do oral anytime. Even swallowing cum. <gasps> Now, let's take this out of the strange online world into the real world. How do you say no to someone you actually like, but not enough to keep going with whatever you're doing? And how do you end things when you know that they just shouldn't go any further? A popular move these days and the source of endless trauma and debate amongst my friends is the fadeaway. It's what you do when you're half dating and both fully uncomfortable. Do you know that Garfunkel and Oates song? We've been on a bunch of dates, I wait debates if this creates and hate that state of forced introspection. We traded wit, we swapped some spit, you fingered me a little bit, but we never really had a connection. You did nothing wrong, I have no excuse, just my intuition telling me we shouldn't reproduce. I know I have to end it, but pretend to just suspend it by contending that I'm busy all week. I let the foregone linger on, text back with an emoticon, withdraw from you by being oblique. Inside I know my tactics, just delay it, but I'll do anything so I don't have to say it. I'll draw this out forever like it's Vietnam, then one day I'll be gone like Bambi's mom. Aww. Cause there's the right thing to do, then there's what I'm gonna do. There's so much I should say, but instead, I do the big way. Joining me now is my friend, Emily. You have developed the ultimate method for breaking up with someone. And I get this question all the time. How do I break up with this person and let us still be friends? Or how do I break up this person without it being a big, horrible deal? Welcome to the show, and I'm so excited to hear your tips. Thanks. Thanks for having me. When did you first come up with this method? I would say when I graduated college. And started dating people that I just met, like, you know, organically out in the world who I had no social context for. It was really hard for me to, like, understand their behavior when we were dating because I had, like, nothing to go on. I couldn't, you know, go to a friend and say, you know, is he just like this? Like, um, I don't, you know, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what I'm thinking. Um, and we'd be in like this, this limbo place that I hear about from my friends all the time when they're just like, you know, I like him, but I I don't know if he likes me, you know, we'll hang out all weekend and I won't hear from him for two weeks and then we'll hang out again. And then he'll randomly like text me at three in the morning and I don't know what's going on, but like, I don't feel good. Like I just think about it all the time and I obsess over it and I just don't feel good. 
So I kept, I kept getting in situations like that, or I would get in situations where, um, you know, I could tell that the guy really liked me and I liked him, but not enough. So it was, you know, the sort of situation where, um, you know, it wasn't like either of us had a lot invested, but it was too much invested to just drop the ball, which I think has become like more socially acceptable recently, but has always made me uncomfortable. I feel like it's like just not a respectful way to like treat another person when you've had a genuine connection with them. You know what I mean? To just like send them a text being like, uh, I don't feel like doing this anymore or to like, um, make a phone call that's abrupt and awkward and be like, um, you know, I just like you, but I don't like you enough. So, you know, and I was like, how, how can I like create a situation that's comfortable for both of us? Um, Professionally, I'm a nurse, and I think that played into how I developed this because, you know, it's at, at work, it's my job to create like a safe environment for people to tell me what's going on with them. So I was, I was thinking, how can I like create a space for this conversation where um, we both walk away from it feeling like, you know, I really said what I wanted to say to that other person and they really listened to me and like, I still see them like as a person. Um, Could you give me an example of that kind of situation you would be in as a nurse where you have to kind of come to a mutual agreed to come to that, come to a decision together? Most of the decisions I'm talking about involve disclosure. For example, you know, I worked in a rural area where like there were um, adult literacy issues where were fairly prevalent. And, you know, it's really painful for, for an adult to tell someone that they don't know that they don't know how to read, you know? Like, if you don't create an environment that feels, like, safe and accepting of, of whatever you're going to say, like, that's not information that you would necessarily want to volunteer to someone you don't know very well. So, you know, if, if you're trying to do, say, like, diabetes management and, like, you pull out an insulin chart, and, you know, the, the person seems to be, you know, having some issues interpreting the chart. Instead of saying, like, can you read this chart? Like, you, you want to avoid yes or no questions. So instead of saying, can you read this chart? You would um, ask, you would ask a, a different, you would frame the question in a different way. And I feel like people approach breakups in a similar sort of, like, binary way that leads to, like, hurt feelings. Someone will say, like, well, it just seems like you're not very into me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's, um, it's a question that, like, makes people very defensive, and I think, like, rightfully so. Like, even if the other person isn't that into you, it's hurtful to say, yeah, I'm not that into you. So, of course, they're going to avoid trying to say that. They'll say, like, oh, no, like, of course, like, I, I really like you. And then, you know, whatever the current situation is where you're sort of, like, half dating and both kind of uncomfortable, we'll just continue. You know what I mean? So, like, um, framing it really aggressively, like, often doesn't lead to, like, a conversation that brings out what's actually going on. So let's say you've been dating someone and you reach, you reach that moment. Um, what do you do then? Uh, like, you definitely call. Like, this is a, it only works as a conversation. And, you know, you can do it in person, but I actually think that, like, um, 
sometimes it's easier to be vulnerable or say things that are hard over the phone, especially like with people who like, um, I don't know how to put this more delicately, but like have difficulty communicating, like have difficulty, like really like sharing their feelings. Like the distance of the phone can make that a little bit easier because it makes like silences easier. I feel like in person, people like in order to like not feel uncomfortable with silence, will just start saying, you know what I mean? Whereas on the phone, it's a little bit easier to like ask a question and just let it hang. And then, um, also the, like when you're on the phone, like you're kind of forced to like, um, wrap up in like a structured way. Like unless you're having a fight, you never just like hang up the phone. So, like, when you reach the end of the conversation, it's very likely that, like, both of you will say some sort of, like, socially acceptable and pleasant thing to one another, such as, like, well, I'm really glad we talked about this, you know, like, hope I see you around. And, like, if you're in person, that can feel very, like, forced and awkward, but on the phone, it's just, like, what you say at the end of, like, a phone conversation, you know? Also in person, um, you have the distraction of the other person's physical presence who you've had a history with. Exactly. And exactly. you have to enter an intimate space or enter a public mm-hmm. space with the person. Totally. Totally. So, like, not email. In person's okay. Depends on preference. Like, obviously not text. Like, preferably, like, not a Gmail conversation. Um, like, any of those. I think it's it's best. To, to actually talk. You get a lot from people's voice and inflection. Don't, like, assign negative values to, like, the other person's behavior, even if that's, like, how it feels to you. And, like, it's totally legitimate that that's the way it feels. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like you give me mixed messages. It feels like you don't really care. Like, like all that can be true. But, like, usually how I frame it is, like, it seems like you have a lot going on in your life right now, and then list the things that are going on, like you're stressed about work, you've got something going on with your family. And then be like, you know, I've really enjoyed my time with you, but, like, something feels off to me. Like, it feels a little bit weird, like, you know, when, you know, we'll spend a weekend together and then you, like, don't call me for two weeks. And I just, I feel like there's, like, a little bit of disconnect. And here's what's going on with me. And then I'll list, you know, whatever stuff is going on with me, like, stress-wise. And, like, that's, like, um, I'll make it, like, you know, accurately seem like there, like there are some structural issues. Like, we have, like, different interests in how things are, are going to go. Because usually that's true. Like, that's why I'm having this whole conversation. Could we pretend to break up? Could you try giving me this talk right now? Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so totally. I'm, okay, so um, I'm that... I'm that guy who hasn't called you in two weeks. We had a great, we had a pretty okay weekend, and then I haven't yeah. called you for two weeks. Yep, yep. So I'd be like, you know, hey, Andrea, you know, how's it going? I haven't heard from you in a while. Um, no, yeah, no, I've been so busy. I've just had a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, strike that. Okay. I would just be like, you need a neutral opener. Hey, Andrea, how's it going? Oh, hey, it's good. Oh, I God, I can't believe I haven't called you. I, I, um... I had this, I've just been so busy, but we should get together yeah, soon. No, no, that's, that's okay. I like, I totally understand. What, what have you been up to? Uh, you know, this work stuff. And then I just started this new project and I was out of town last uh-huh. weekend. I don't know if I told you, but I was going up to beach house. I don't know. Oh, cool. You're like, you're going this weekend. Uh, that was last weekend. 
Uh, oh, you already went. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it was great. I had a really good time. I saw Taylor Swift on the beach. <laughs> yeah. That's saw awesome. Taylor Swift. Did I she know. look good? Yeah, she looked good. Yeah, she looked pretty good. I don't, I mean, I tried to have a moment. It didn't really happen. <laughs> Sorry, I'm saying um, this. I'm saying this, Emily, because it's a real line I got. <laughs> it's a real thing a guy said to me. Cool. Yeah. Um. So, like, you know, you have all your little intro chit chat, and then I'll be like, "Yeah, you know, I like I was a little bit sad that you know I didn't hear from you the past couple weeks, and it sounds like you know you've really got a lot going on, and like you know you're really busy, busy with work." You know, I, I definitely, I definitely am. I'm sorry. You know, it's it's just been a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really, I understand. And it seems, you know, for me, I've, I've been really busy too. I've, I've got a lot going on with work and it's, it's been a little bit hard for me to just like sit with, you know, the, the not knowing, like it feels a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and I really, I really like you, but I, I feel like the sort of like the, um, the pace of the how this is playing out like doesn't doesn't quite sit right with me but like how does it feel to you well you know i'm just not ready to be someone's boyfriend right now like yeah it seems too soon for me like yeah that seems like um that's the sense that i was getting um and you're you're looking for that yeah i think that i may be looking for you know something more serious Okay. Mm-hmm. Wish you told me sooner. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, uh, I thought that I was, you know, open to doing something more casual, but, like, through doing that with you, I've realized that, like, it really doesn't feel good, and I'm really more of a someone who wants to be in something more committed. I didn't mean to hurt. I'm not trying to hurt you, you know. It was never... Yeah. It was never... Yeah, no, like, I've, I've like, really enjoyed the time that we spent together and you know I like I think really highly of you I think you're great I think you're great too oh my god you're breaking up with me aren't you (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even realize you're breaking up with me you just snuck it in there it's amazing it's amazing it's the sneak up breakup yeah like I'm not sure if it was like that apparent in the role play but like the basic structure is that like you set up the situation in such a way that there's only one answer and the answer is to break up, but you make the other person say the answer. So you lay out the situation and make it seem like really dire and then ask the other person, what do you think we should do? And the other person says, well, I think that we should stop doing this. And then you say, yes, right answer. And it seems like it was their idea, but it was actually your idea. Why don't you want it to be your idea? Because, like, the the problem with framing it that way, and, like, you're, like, I have friends who are very comfortable doing this. They're like, you know what, that guy's a total dick for not calling me back. Like, I'm just going to call him up and be like, you suck. I'm dumping you. Bye. Click. The problem is that, like, I feel like that's usually not what happens. Usually it's not that, like, the guy doesn't like you. Usually, like, at least for me, it's been, like, you know, I feel like we have a connection. I'm curious to know more. Like, why Like, why are we in this, like, weird limbo space where I feel like sometimes he cares and sometimes he doesn't? It's usually not like I have a genuine desire to, like, dump this person. That wouldn't be, like, my first choice. My first choice would be that they care more, but they don't. And that's really painful. It's painful to be on, like, the receiving end of that. 
Um, and I feel like just like flat out dumping them kind of um, just piles negative on top of more negative. Whereas like when you frame it this way, it kind of like he- it keeps like that human connection open and is like more optimistic. I have a piece of life advice that I carry with me all the time. And mm-hmm. it's that adults can't punish other adults. But doesn't mean I don't think about it sometimes and want to punish the other adult. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the reality is like I if I feel like I've been mistreated in this exchange, I want him to feel that feeling of mistreatment also. I want to like throw it back at him. But the reality is I can't actually punish him. I yeah. can't make him well, feel it's, anything. It's him not calling you for two weeks mistreating you. You know, I mean, that's the other question. There's like no established etiquette for dating, really. I feel angry if that happens. I feel really angry if that happens. And I want to, and I always want to turn that feeling into a really mean targeted text message or really mean targeted email. Yeah. Like what, what would you want to say in that? I would just want him to feel rejected. I would want to take that feeling of rejection that I'm feeling and throw it back at him. Oh, that's so it doesn't make I anything think better. Like, I think I'm more of a victim about it. I would like passively worry about why it was happening and want to know why. It pretty much always brings out why that's happening. And it's almost never about you. Uh, Does that make sense? Wait, so that's given you closure before? Oh, totally. Oh, totally. Because, like, you know, it opens the door, like, going back to the analogy I was, like, making with work, it opens the door for people to tell you what's actually going on. And usually it's not about you. Usually it's like something to do with family or something to do with work. They're like, actually, I want to move across the country in two months. Or like, actually, I hate my job. Like, there's some other big thing going on in their life that like, um, at least that's been my experience. But would they tell you if it's just you? I've actually never been told that before. Maybe it was and they were too nice to say so. What a, yeah, that's but that's what I'm thinking is like that. I'm I think those conversations are so scary because the last thing I'd want to hear would be, you know, when we were hanging out last time, your breath was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, um, like, yeah, or like did it for me. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I just why I haven't texted you for two weeks. Or um, when we were hanging out last time, you know, you said this thing and it it just seemed like you were talking about an article you didn't really read to the bottom of. And I can't really date someone who doesn't read full articles. <laughs> um, although you'll notice, like, in my framing of how to do this, I don't ask the person the usually impossible question of, like, why did you not call me for two weeks? The, the chances that they are not going to tell you the truth, that they're going to tell you the truth are basically nil. Like, like someone who, like, has gone on a couple of dates with you is not going to want to, like, intentionally hurt you by being, like, you sounded uneducated when you talked about that article. Like, that's not what they're going to say. You know what I mean? So you could ask that question directly. But, like, you're probably not going to get an honest answer anyway. So, like, what's really, you know, what's really the point of that? You know. Yeah, it's true. Um, do you want to hear one of my passive-aggressive breakup emails? Yes. Yes, I do. The subject line is, here's an email from me. Okay. <laughs> and then I said, 
How's it going? We haven't hung out in a while, but I just wanted to declare a friendly time of death on our sleepovers. <laughs> You're and wonderful. Yeah. I just I made, I made it like this lighthearted thing. It's a sleepover rather than like dating or potential relationship. Can I tell you the other really important point about this thing that I'm bringing up? Yes. It's like it really tells you where the other person is at. Because like this only works with someone who doesn't want to be with you. So wait, does has that ever happened where the person really wants to be with you and they fight back against yes, your system? Yes, it's happened twice. Do you let them back in at that point? Um, one I did and one I didn't. One was like, you know, a really long-term partner who like I was living with and it was like, right, it, like I knew how painful it would be for him if we broke up. And I really wanted it to like be a mutual process, but he really didn't want to break up. So I, I tried to do this whole thing with him. I laid out the circumstances, which were actually, like, in my defense, fairly bad. There were, like, many good reasons for us to break up, and I outlined all of them. And I was like, you know, what do you think we should do? And he, he, he just wouldn't take the bait. He was like, I think we should stay together. And then I, you know, it didn't work. I had to leave. And then I tried it once with a guy I had just started dating. We were having, um, I guess I'd call it a difference of opinion about exclusivity. Like, I'm someone who only really likes to date one person at a time. And we'd only been dating for a month or two, and he felt like he didn't want to be exclusive yet. And, you know, I laid out, like, that, um, you know, that conflict we were having. And I was like, this isn't working for me. What do you think we should do? And he was like, well, I need to think about it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And the next time we saw each other, he was like, I'm, you know, I'm going to stop seeing other people. Uh, I want to see only you. Um, and that was like not the expected outcome for me. I thought I was, I thought I was just like cutting loose someone who, you know, was only halfway in it. And, you know, by trying to break up with him in that way, in a, in a collaborative way and having him reject the process, like I found that he was really in it with me. All right, let's quickly review the steps. So step one, use the correct platform for the conversation. Don't be writing an email. Like, don't be writing a novel. Don't be like, you know, in your Gmail chat thing, phone or in person. So step two Get the other person to talk about what's going on with them in, like, a non-judgmental way. Like, make some observations. I see that you've been going through X. Share some stuff about you, what's going on with you. I've been going through Y. Then make your sort of, like, negative forecasting statement. It seems like we're in different places. It seems like we have a different, maybe we want different things. And then put the ball in their court. What do you think we should do? That's my friend Emily. Thanks, Emily. Before YOY, there was a guy. We met, it was intense, and we started a one night every 1.5 weeks routine. That's my jam. I'm busy, he's busy, it made sense. At one point, the 1.5 weeks turned into three. No text messages, no emails, 
no explanation. I was furious. How could he not be thinking of me as I slowly become overwhelmed with rage? How dare he reject me without a conversation? Should I text him, if only to hear no back? My ego was too fragile. These talks are impossible to do right. I thought I'd save him the trouble with an email. It was harsh, direct, told him it was over. I waited for his reply, and when it came, it didn't even acknowledge the contents of my original email. It asked about my summer. I am still mad. Just talking about this now, I'm so angry. But a little less after hearing my talk with Emily, because I have some new perspective. When these things end, when someone gives you the fadeaway, when she doesn't reply to the OK Cupid message you worked so hard on, you need to take some advice and calm the F down. That's how you learn the most important lesson of all. It was never about you. That's it for today's show. I had help from my new obscenity screener, Aaron in Hopkins, Minnesota. The great Greg Harrison did my artwork for YOY. The theme music is by Beaks, and it's available at the Free Music Archive, freemusicarchive.org. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and please, oh please, don't stop reviewing the show if you haven't yet. It's the best way to help me climb the iTunes charts and be discovered by new listeners. New listeners will go on to write more reviews and help me further climb the charts. Listener Matthew recently asked me if he's my only listener in New Zealand. In response, listener James came out of the woodwork. Are there any others? Turns out these two know each other. I would like to start a New Zealand listener tree. I tweet at Andrea Salenzi. Uh, Next week should be a Randy show, so plan accordingly. And thank you all for listening. This is WFMU East Orange, WMFU Matt Hope, and online, WFMU.org.